It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wow, the new day theme as we come back into the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, Sage Williams. This is a WWE theme. I haven't watched WWE in a few years other than Mania. <laughs> Sage, I'm an AEW guy. Better luck next time. I, I thought it was fun. She doesn't know the difference. But mm-hmm. it is it is fun. It's a group that's been around for a long time. But we're an hour to the game. Mitch, Troy, Sage, no DG, no... Uh, no, uh, Big Steve. No Big Steve either. He'll be with us Thursday and Friday. But, um, man, what a day. It's been a very interesting day. Sad. Some happy. Some disappointed. Some hurt. I get it. We all have been very emotionally invested into what has been taking place with K-Statement's basketball, the transition with the new head coach, Jerome Tang, and potentially adding the 22nd leading scorer in men's basketball history in the NCAA Antoine Davis from Detroit Mercy, but he has decided earlier on this afternoon that he will be going back to Detroit Mercy, picking the the Titans that are host or that are coached by his head coach, uh, duh, but his dad. Mm-hmm. Get all mixed up here, Mike Davis, but he picks Detroit Mercy over K State, BYU, Maryland, and Georgetown. I said in the first hour, you know. Kind of just glad it wasn't BYU. I thought it was going to be BYU for a few hours. I was freaking out a little bit on the inside, not letting people around here know that. But I was. But it's not BYU. It's Detroit Mercy. He's going back home. So I I, I do want to get into, in this segment here, how I feel that you know Antoine Davis played us. He really did. Because on the surface, it truly feels like he did use the NIL and the transfer portal process to his advantage, which honestly, I don't blame him at all. But really, on a K-State note, it does feel like he has wasted our time. He wasted the coach's time, he wasted the player's time, and he wasted our time. There's no doubt about it, K-State fans. We put a lot of effort into this recruiting process for Antoine Davis. It's not just him alone, but definitely the most effort went towards him in social media, welcoming him into Manhattan, giving him the family atmosphere. But he's picking Detroit Mercy. So that does sting. It really does sting. I mean, it was about a month process, right? Ever since we heard his name and potentially him coming to K-State? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're all in because he would have been the marquee guy. But he's going to and sticking with Detroit Mercy for his final year of eligibility. Now, if you paid attention to his social media ever since he entered the transfer portal, started visiting schools, his following numbers went up. I'm not sure if he has an Instagram, but certainly his Twitter account did go up. And with that, and him getting more exposure through the transfer portal, and him coming a certainly thought after recruiting the transfer portal was getting a lot of attention, and people were starting to actually learn who this Antoine Davis guy was, because I'll be quite honest with you, never heard of him before K-State had him on their radar. Never heard of him. Barely even heard of Detroit Mercy. I thought they were just Detroit. But no, they're basically a, a hospital name. But as you got to know him, you realize this guy's pretty, pretty awesome mm-hmm. offensively. Mm-hmm. Third leading scorer in basketball last year. 24 points he's averaging in his career. And yeah, I mean, he has poured in the points. 
and he's going for history. But he used his career, used his uh, potential of going Power 5, and he was able to weave that into an NIL deal. Return home, but he also used the leverage of BYU, potentially Maryland and Georgetown. Sure, he used it all to build what he has today. Now, there was another article that just came out moments ago. I don't know exactly how old it is. Obviously, it came out today with the decision of Antoine Davis heading back to Detroit Mercy. It got into the details on exactly what this NIL deal is, and it's it's kind of weird, honestly. And it was on 3.com who reported this. So first of all, a quote from Antoine Davis. He said, quote, I wanted to win for Detroit, and I feel like I owe Detroit that. Of course, his dad, Mike Davis, has been the head coach there for four years. Antoine Davis has been there for four years. But then Mike Davis got involved into the interview as well in this article. And this is a quote from Mike Davis. He mentioned that, yes, his son is very interested in going after the all-time scoring record in NCAA men's basketball history. That's Pete Maravich. And right now, Davis currently stands at 2,734 points. He needs 934 to break that record. Well, guys, the most points he's ever scored in a season was 784, which Mm. is an amazing number, and that was his freshman year. And that was the year they played 30 games. But his dad, Mike Davis, went on to say, quote, First, he's trying to get the consecutive games 115 in a row. I think he's at 111, where he scored 10 points or more. So, to paint a clear picture, he has 111 games in a row where he has scored in double figures. He's trying to get the record, which is at 115. That's the way I see it. Mm -hmm. And then he's trying to get the all-time three-point record, which he's 80 away from that. And then he's trying to get to 3,000 points, which only 10 people have done. And then he's going after Pistol Pete Maravich. So right away, it's being back at Detroit Mercy, he's totally going into business for himself. This has not been a winning team. It has not been a winning program since Antoine Davis has been a player and Mike Davis has been the coach. I mean, honestly, this is all about him setting records, and going into business for himself. And I mean, he also mentions in the article, most important thing is an NCAA tournament. Okay. Probably not going to happen, but okay. I mean, honestly, like I do have interest in seeing him play now, for sure. If he's really going after these records, it'll be interesting to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Not emotionally invested as I used to be, for I was for three or four weeks. But also this. We got more information on this NIL deal. So... His dad, again, Mike, the head coach of Detroit Mercy, did comment. And, again, they they have teamed up with this company out of China that make glow balls, these balls that light up. And they're going to put his custom logo on it. And apparently, so here's the details. And this is weird. According to Mike Davis, he said, quote, they're going to give him like 20,000 balls just to sell. And then he's going to give a percentage to his teammates. And then my Davis has asked another question. Is his son potentially going to make up to six figures? And his dad said, yes. Okay, so on the surface, I mean, to me, this seems like a really weird deal. Because Antoine Davis is doing all the work. 
and it's it, it seems like this company out of China is just giving him these balls to sell. Like they're gonna have their logo on that ball, they're gonna put the Antoine Davis logo on that, and he's gonna do the work by selling him. Now, we don't know all the details. We don't know if this company out of China are also giving him like a lump sum of money just for the agreement. Uh, we don't know if they're giving some to the athletic department. <laughs> Those details are unclear. But from what we know, it's a super weird deal. I mean, why did he have to go to Detroit Mercy to get this kind of deal? Like, it seems like he could have got a better deal somewhere else. Like, guaranteed money in his pocket, potentially six figures to go somewhere else. Or is this a case where it came in at the last moment and wasn't necessarily contingent on where he went to school? I mean, that's a possibility as well. A last-minute deal. I mean, most likely it wasn't done until today or the day Mm -hmm. before. I mean, that's a great possibility as well. But just to me, it's a weird deal. Sure. Yeah. I. And I. I mean, for example, what what in the heck are these glow balls? Honestly, what are they're balls that light up? That's all I know. Yeah. And how? I mean, and how many nil deals are there going to be going into the future where uh, some of the money also goes to the athletic department? I mean, is he also you know in a way kind of doing a favor mm. for the program and for the university that gave his dad a shot and him a shot? You know, there's maybe a whole lot more that goes into it that we don't know. Mm-hmm. But a player of his caliber, I mean, there's got to be a lot better deal out there than that. But if he felt like that was the best deal for Detroit Mercy, for him, for his dad, to make six figures, so be it. Good for him. But also keep in mind, you know, K-State was, and what it feels like, again, this is just kind of on the surface, what it does feel like if you look at the evidence that we do have, the timetable, and the way things played out, it does feel like K-State was a pawn in all this. So be it. This won't be the first time something like this goes down in uh, college athletics, and certainly coaches have been doing it for a long time as well. Putting their name out there for other deals, leaving their school to go somewhere else for maybe a better deal. They work that in into a better deal at the school they're currently at. Case in point, Brad Underwood, just a few months ago. (laughs) Coaches have been doing it for a long time. Players are now getting their opportunity to do the same. Now, I also want to point some attention to this as well as we kind of wrap up the discussion on Antoine Davis and uh, him not picking K-State, going to Detroit Mercy, staying home to play his last year of eligibility, going after all those records. Hey, he's a fantastic player. Best of luck to him. And I, I certainly hope he, he does break some records. It's not like he hasn't been a great player through four years and he's got one more year to do it. Now, Pete Maravich, he set that scoring record in three years. There's no three-point line. Oh, by the way, playing for his dad. Oh, oh, did he? Yeah. Now, that yep. I did not know. I knew yep. it was at LSU. But, um, I mean, that in its own right, averaging 40-something points a game, that's just incredible. Uh, that's a record that will, uh, I mean, may no. never be touched. No. And I don't see Antoine Davis getting there, but he's going to certainly try his darndest. Now, I do want to also uh, talk about this article that came out earlier today by K-State. Um, it's one of those... Um, I'm, I'm, Sports Extra, that's what I'm looking for. Sports Extra mm-hmm. by D. Scott Fritchen, who's been doing an excellent job releasing these stories. And the latest one that came out today was about Jerome Tang. 
Uh, still being blown away by the K-State community. That's the headline. He threw out the first pitch or one of the, fir- the ceremonial first pitches at the K-State KU game on Friday. Uh, it was a nice toss. He did throw it from the rubber. He got a fantastic ovation along with John Carlin, former Kansas governor. And um, he also went on radio. He went on TV. I didn't get to hear any of the interviews, but he got a great ovation. I was very happy for him. But he's kind of laid out like the details in this article on how he wants this team and the roster to shape out on a timeline. And it was basically mentioned, you know, June 4th would really like to have a strong team put together by that point. Potentially adding hopefully a couple of cats this week, and I'm sure, you know, he was hoping, putting the hands together and praying that Antoine Davis would be part of that, not going to happen. But we might have another cat coming up here this week. We'll see how it plays out. But once a core group of guys, a strong team put together by June 4th, and then he's hoping, you know, maybe a couple of more guys by end of July. So looking to wrap this thing up when it comes to recruiting for this team by July, um, which, you know, by the latest, by the way things play out, yeah, latest in July, hopefully have it wrapped up by then. But man, I feel bad for that for those coaches. I feel yeah. bad for them. Marquise oh. Noel, I'm sure he'd like to have a few words with Antoine Davis. Now, you know, obviously a joke, but you know, Marquise Noel certainly put in his effort to try to make this recruitment a possibility and try to bring him to Manhattan, Kansas. It gets into the stress and strain of the recruiting aspect that we don't think about. In all honesty. Where you know coaches are putting forth that kind of effort in terms of recruiting just one player, and only to have the decision come down to a handful of places, and in this case, elects to stay at the school he's at. You know, one of the things that coaches have always talked to me about at the college level has been it is such a tough position to be when it's 18, 19, 20-year-olds that are determining your future. And that is the life of a college coach. Now, let me be more specific about what I said about that timetable and putting this roster together for Jerome Tang. It, it, it gets into more detail, his quote, and what um, what D. Scott Fritchin wrote in his article. That is, he wants every every player signed to be on campus by June 4th, and if there are late additions, have them here by July 6th. So, I mean, basically what I said, he wants the whole team here signed, ready to go, on campus by July 6th. So there you go. There's your uh, more uh, detailed timetable. Details are pretty much the same, but uh, gets a little bit more you know, detailed about signed players here by July 6th. So we have a date there as well. All right. I want to get to something that was pretty funny. And you know what? For a brief moment, made me a pretty big fan of <laughs> F1 racing. That's next. Go Cats! It's kind of here wearing the song, hearing this song, right, without the lyrics. Yes. It's also weird in that I haven't heard this song anywhere but a minor league hockey rink in the last 20 years. <laughs> Let's see. 
<laughs> I think we played on. Do we play it on K Rock? I don't know. I think we do. The yeah, Avalanche. Do. The Avalanche's AHL team sits uh, at Loveland, Colorado, and the arena. In fact, that the indoor team, indoor football team that I used to call games for, shared with them. Um, they were always playing that song as their goal. Big song. arena song. Big arena Huge song. Big arena sports song. song for sure. Back to the game. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, Sage Williams with us. Uh, we got a question here from Twitter. At Mitch the Fort, appreciate the question here from Kansas Hog. Why does KSU not play women's softball? Well, go back uh, seven years ago or so, John Curry drops equestrian and is looking to add another uh, women's sport. This is obviously a very bland version of the story. Decided to pick soccer over softball. And my guess is because, I don't know, this might already be out there, I don't know, but uh, or might be an actual reason why it was already put out there. In the Big 12, Casey was the only program, the only school that didn't have soccer. Everybody else did. If you look at softball, K-State's not alone with not having a softball team. West Virginia and TCU also don't have softball teams. So it was very, uh, you know... Ten teams already. We have a full conference. Play soccer. No weirdos out there added like you would find in rowing. Like Alabama. Here's the strange part of it to me, and that is coming from where I was to coming here, and that is that the Big Sky sponsors softball. And everybody, in it's a mandated sport in the Big Sky. Everybody in the conference has a softball team. And when you think about northern weather, softball season in Bozeman, Montana, is not exactly a healthy, uh, a healthy draw. We'll put it that way. Now, I think I mean it would be great if Case had a softball team. I think they could really recruit well. I mean, there's a lot of great softball programs around here when it comes to high school. I'd love to have the cost analysis myself. Hey, actually, K- uh, Clay Center has had really mm-hmm. good softball teams for pretty much a, since I've been alive. They've been really good at softball. A lot of NCKL schools are good. Centennial League, Mideast League. They look at it. I mean, Rock Creek is a fantastic pitcher. Like I said, I would love to see what the cost breakdown was and the difference between soccer and softball. Yeah, I don't know. In terms of the consideration. But, you know, I'm very happy with Casey Avon's soccer team. You know, I got a play-by-play gig out of it for five years. Mike Dabini's an awesome mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. He has a... He's put a player in uh, into the professional ranks. Was drafted, Brooklyn Ince. All right. Also, another thing I wanted to bring up, I forgot about it. Just kind of a fun random thing I was reading about. Uh, James Earl Jones, of course, did the voice for Darth Vader. Yes. And it it, it came up in an article how much he made for the New Hope <laughs> movie, which is Episode Four. Did you see this? How much he made for the voice work? No. $7,000. Seriously? That is incredibly low. Actually, though, that's more than he made to be the liner guy for CNN for a time. Because they ripped that just out of an interview. Oh, did they really? And he had to, at a point, say, uh, guys, you owe me. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that that was a big mistake on someone's part. All right, let's get to uh, 
something that's really fun here. Uh, I do not watch any racing. I mean, it's not like I mean, I, I obviously wouldn't call myself a fan of it. I'm not against it. I don't, you know, think it's dumb or anything. I just don't watch it. Never been really interested in it. But for those that like it, good for you. That's great. It's cool you have those interests. NASCAR, I you know, I used to dabble with it here and there, but don't watch it anymore. Now, Formula One racing, I don't watch whatsoever. I've never watched a full race. I've watched very little of it. But I understand the the fan base is quite large for F1 racing. And occasionally... Internationally, the United, yes. Yeah, the United States will get a race once in a while. I it's, remember... It's much like soccer. I remember being on a road trip with K-State soccer to Austin, played Texas, and we w- went straight to the airport afterwards, and it is just absolutely bonkers in that hotel because or that uh, airport because that whole weekend they had f1 racing and all the people were then leaving and it was just it was the busiest i've ever seen that airport i've been there a few times crazy and so that that i mean attracts what hundred thousand people something like that maybe even more Paul Parker's probably listening out there like, oh, my God, finally you're talking F1 racing, but I'm butchering it. (laughs) Uh, So, But they were in Miami. It was in Miami, drawing a bunch of celebrities. And Sky Sports, which is out of London, has Martin Brundle. Brundle? Brundle? Martin Brundle? Brundle. Brundle. And he basically walks around the grid. Where all the race cars are, where the drivers are. There's also a bunch of people down there, celebrities. So, uh, basically, if you're a Fox sports watcher for NASCAR, it's the Michael Waltrip rule. Yeah, but I think this guy's better. As a matter of fact, he made me a fan of F1 racing for a little bit because I couldn't stop watching him just walk around this grid and talk to random people. But the best one, I mean, there was at a time he's talking to the Williams sisters, Serena and Venus. Um, I mean, he ran into DJ Khaled, who went off about this being his hometown. It's Miami, greatest city on the world. Never been there, I can't tell you. But then he ran into Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> but it wasn't Patrick Mahomes. Here is the exchange. This guy called uh, Patrick Mahomes on the grid, who's a bit of a sporting legend out at Kansas City Chiefs. Um, let's see if we can uh, mooch this way let's see if we can find actually anybody where is this guy there's a really tall guy there that must be him is that in the balenciaga top patrick martin brando formula one television in england yeah i don't think you can hear me up there patrick how are you good good to see you on the grid here what do you think of this atmosphere this is crazy i've never been to an f1 race this is this is spectacular it's amazing to be allowed right in the middle of the competitors just before the race starts. Yeah, now you can see they're locked in. It reminds me of myself. But uh, now, the real focus. Okay, it's not Patrick. That's why he ignored me in the beginning. But <laughs> what is your name, sir? Paulo Bancaro. Right, okay. Well, I thought I was talking to somebody else. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> he didn't care. Oh, I thought it was Patrick Wells. Oh, it's not. Whatever. And what's even more hilarious, he then throws someone under the bus, says, oh, I got bad information in my ear. Yeah, Paulo Bancaro, he played for Duke this last year. He's projected to be potentially the number one draft pick in uh, the NBA draft coming up here very soon. Now, the reason he thought it was Patrick Mahomes is because of the curly hair. (laughs) He saw the curly hair, 
and it was a taller guy, which, by the way, probably didn't know the difference, you know, American football, NBA, or college basketball, a little bit of a height difference once in a while. And Baron Caro is pretty <laughs> tall. Patrick Mahomes, he's like 6'2", 6'3". He saw this guy above everybody else. Saw the curly hair, walked up to him, got ignored the first time, and then gets the interview. Patrick Mahomes was not at this uh, was not at this race. Uh-huh. He was somewhere giving his wife a new Ferrari. So he wait, car. whoa, whoa, wait a minute. He, so he wasn't at the race, but gave his wife a new Ferrari. See, yes. that could have been happening at the race. Was he gonna give it to her in the parking lot? I mean, Ferrari. The parking lot of the hotel, maybe? Okay, I mean, Ferrari. Maybe from their Airbnb? Yeah, well. Given the party that who's was gonna, ongoing, gonna drive why would it you back? Not, why would you? Yeah, well, hey, babe, here's this car you can drive back from Miami yeah, to Kansas City. It. You ship it. Come on. He gave her an actual F1 Ferrari. No. <laughs> but here's the deal. The way he played that off, because think about oh. it. It's Sky Sports. Who's watching this? It's most it's people in Europe, except is there Sky Sports here? No, ABC, ESPN took the feed. Oh, did they? <laughs> well, but the thing is, like, does he have it in his mind though that there's a whole bunch of Americans watching this, or does he have it in his mind the majority of people watching this are in Europe? Who's going to know who Patrick Mahomes is? He could play it off a lot easier. Now, if he got confused with David Beckham and called him Cristiano Ronaldo. There's a problem. No, I think probably what led him to doing the interview in the first place was the fact he knew the Americans were paying attention because it was being fed to ESPN or ABC. And then he was able to play it off later. Oh, the Europeans won't know who this was anyway. But I could listen to that accent and him listen to that accent mistaken celebrities for somebody else all day. <laughs> like there's the appeal I needed. I needed some comedy relief. And I, first of all, you could tell by the voice, that's not Patrick Mahomes. Everybody knows who Patrick Mahomes is. He wasn't putting ketchup on a steak. There's your first clue. And he also wasn't wearing the stylish of clothes, which now Patrick Mahomes all of a sudden is very stylish. Uh, you know, 15 mil a year will do that. I mean, if you saw it 15. I know. 50, 50 isn't it? Probably. Half a Closer bill? Closer to that. Half a bill? I wish you would have got – I thought at first he got Venus mistaken for Serena or vice versa, like he got the sisters mixed up. Turns out he got that right. Now there's a show on before us that thought he got it mixed up, but that was not the case. And so I wanted to correct that. But that's the finally the appeal I needed. I wonder if uh, Martin Brindle's ever been to a Whataburger. That would change his life. Then he would know who Patrick Mahomes is. Doesn't need to watch the Chiefs. Yeah, I doubt it. I'd have to look up the last time that uh, Texas hosted F1. But come on, he he does what one U.S. race <laughs> a year? I know that F1 Every though, two years. I, I know that they were thrilled with how it played. That Miami, they want back. It's a small dude like running around the grid trying to track down these celebrities. Like <laughs> I was, I was about to do an accent. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Because uh, I, I'll do an English accent and it'll sound Australian. All right, let's go to a break. All right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. But he's like racing around trying to track all these people down. Like that's his whole job, right? Like 
honestly, as race fans, why, why do we care about all these celebrity, like getting all these celebrity uh, interviews? Like, should we be talking to the drivers? Or, again, U.S. crowd appealing to all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Now we just got to go talk to celebrities. Mm-hmm. God. <laughs> all right, let's take a break. Number one song of the day is up next. From 1970, thank you for letting me be myself by Sly and the Family Stone. Two weeks at number one. And not spelled the way that you believe that it should be spelled. Right. It's weird. Yeah, let me uh, spell it for you for letting me be myself. For letting me is all one word. F-A-L-E-T-T-I-N-M-E. B- B-E, Mice, M-I-C-E, Elf, E-L-F, again, A-G-I-N. Hey, good for you guys. Cutting Edge. American band out of uh, San Francisco from 66 and they wrapped it up in 83. They're pretty pivotal in the development of funk, soul, psychedelic music. And did you know they were the first major American group to have a racially integrated lineup, male and female, white and black, coming together to make some music? In 2010, they were ranked 43rd on Rolling Stone's 100 Greatest Artists of All Time. 11 studio albums, 10 top 40 hits, and this is their second of three number ones, but they did not release this on a studio album. They released it on a Greatest Hits album. It was supposed to be on an LP. But the LP wasn't done. They were ready to get that song out there. Now, Sly Stone, he's the front man. He's kind of got the whole ball rolling on this group. Got some family members in there along with some other folks. He said he wrote, thank you, because he felt listeners were not hearing the messages in his songs. Even though the band had was more popular than ever at the time, people were listening to the lyrics. Sly and the Family Stone were an integrated band and tried to spread the message of racial harmony. But Stone thought that message was getting lost. So thank you for letting me be myself is the next try at trying to get the message out there. Now, how about this? You you talked about, Troy, that the uh, spelling of the title is a little bit different. Well, in 2008, Brooke Hogan, for those that don't know, the daughter of Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. or by the real name Terry Balea, Brooke Balea, but went out after her dad's name, Paul uh, Brooke Hogan. Almost said Paul Hogan. <laughs> no, Brooke Hogan. She released her own version of this song called "Thank You for Let Me Be Myself," all one word, and this is how it's spelled: T H N K U, the number four, 
L-E-T-T-I-N-M-E. B-R-N-A-H-S-E-L-F. All one word. And I listen to it. It's Uh still funky. And uh, you know what? It, It was actually okay. But it was also like terrible at the same time. <laughs> Billboard ranked this the number 19 song of 1970. Now this song was on Rolling Stone's original list. Was on the top 500 songs of all time. Greatest songs of all time. Now no longer ranked, but we'll do the guessing game. When it was first released like 14 years ago, where did it rank in the top 500? Sage? 300. Straight up, 300. Troy? 183. Sage was much much closer, 410, but no longer ranked. All right, seems like you two aren't too interested in this one. No, I I'm, mean, it's a good song. I yeah, like it. It's pretty basic. Nothing on Sly and the Family Stone? Nothing out of the ordinary you can mention? No, really not. One of the things about it I will note is that, in large part, that was part of why Prince got into some Uh, of the funky naming. Another call back to Prince. Always got to do that. Go ahead. See, see, here I am. I'm behaving. Go ahead. He brings me in, and then... But if it's not about Prince, is it worth mentioning? Hey, Billy Joel 73 today, by the way. Shout out to Billy Joel. Of course, second fiddle to Elton John when well, it comes to piano rock. But anyway, uh, uh, much of Prince's library has different spellings, and oh, yeah. a part of that was because he was following the Sly and the Family Stone naming protocols. Man, Prince always late to the game. Yeah, right. Stealing song titles from other successful groups, and then. He writes these bangers, but doesn't record them, and then he records them after they're cool. (laughs) All right, ask us anything next. You're listening to The Game on News Radio KMAN. No DG or Big Steve, so Sajay Williams is going to host us and ask us anything. Yeah, all right. So ask us anything. Would you rather be able to play every musical instrument or be able to speak every language? Do you know how much money you can make if you know how to play every instrument? Yeah, exactly. Well, I feel like you could make money speaking every language, too, if you want, like, translating, maybe. Uh, I mean, but how much... Is there much money in that? Like... I don't know. I, I mean, mean maybe if you could, could speak be. every language, I mean... At the UN, maybe? <laughs> That's government money. But then. I think it'd be cooler. <laughs> like, you would have more fun if you could be, like, in a band, like, tour around, be a famous musician or something, knowing how to play every mu- every instrument. Or you could be a session musician. You could record music for famous people. If you could play anything, people want you to work for them. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I could be a one-man band at that point. You know, those people who have the giant, like, drum on their back and, like, a cymbal walking around? I'll be one of those guys. But I think about it as well, like, if, I, if I'm if i a tourist, you know, like, how often do I go be a tourist in a different country where I need that? I think it'd just be more useful in a day-to-day to know every instrument. That's fair. That's fair. And then another question, who is the first person you text when you get bad news? I mean, I know who I talk to first. And that's my dog. 
Fair. Because if it's bad news, <laughs> I know my my dog's going to be right there okay. to yes. want to cuddle and uh, let me pet him and stuff. Or if it's good news, like I know he's going to be the most excited. That's true. Can jump in my arms or jump around, want to go play fetch. Now, Troy, if you say anyone other than your wife, I think you're in trouble. No, because that would be the correct answer. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, and in fact, it's already occurred today in a friend of mine back in Greeley uh, having a health issue for the mm-hmm. moment and... I wanted to make sure that Monica was in on the conversation. So, yes. Absolutely. Well, you got to run everything by her, don't you? Like, how much money are you allowed to spend that won't get you in trouble? Oh, no, that's a great question because I don't know where that limit really is. You've never pushed it? Uh, let's just say that there probably has been a line that kind of has maneuvered over time. Like, okay, so here, sorry to... No, you're fine. Take a so here. Sometimes, sometimes it just depends on, you know, the moment. Let's say you came home with a new barbecue grill. <laughs> I could probably get by with that because she loves the grill. But I'm talking a good grill, like three mm-hmm. or four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm also very good about looking for solid deals on those types of items. Mm. So, makes sense. But... But yes, I could pull that one off and be fine. It's some of the uh, equipment that I've purchased over the years for the job. Oh, I can't use this. Why'd you buy it? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And another question. Would you rather be able or no, would you? Yeah. Would you rather be able to only watch movies or only listen to music? Listen to music. Yeah, music. You pick music? You music, guys aren't entertained yeah. by movies? Oh, I am, but I honestly, if you ask me, would I rather watch TV shows or movies? Yeah. TV shows. That's okay. That is interesting there, because I feel like between TV shows and movies, while I love Survivor, I would probably pick movies. You know, TV shows, As I, I have a short attention span, so TV shows give me a break. I, okay. I just get tired of the same plot holes. Gives me a chance to uh, you know, get away for a minute. After an episode ends. That makes sense. I mean, <laughs> honestly, how many more superhero movies do we need? That's that's true. Great point. I'm on board with that. All right. We got a balance for Sage. Troy, I'm Mitch. Talk to you tomorrow. Full two hours. Go Cats.